Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, welcome to the A Game Podcast. This is a uh, quick Thursday uh, episode. Uh, I'm gonna knock this out quick in the morning so I can again try and stay consistent. I'm trying to be better, better about the stuff that I'm planning. I've just been uh, been backed up, so you know I know it's uh, there's people I owe phone calls to and uh, things that I am behind on, but I am definitely trying, and I'm trying to make sure I hold myself accountable to hit those deadlines now and uh, adjust them a little bit. So I didn't even brush my hair for this one. So if you're watching on YouTube, got my uh, post run in there nice and early today. Uh, I've been trying to get up in the morning. I heard a rumor that if you are outside when the sun comes up for a consistent amount of days in a row, it starts to reset your body. Um, some kind of weird hippie stuff, but uh, I figured, hey, you know, why not? So I'm, I'm making sure I'm outside when the sun comes up and uh, it sucks again, getting up early, but once you're up there and you're taking a few steps, it turns into a six mile run and then your day's off and running. So it's awesome stuff. Uh, I really do want to thank people who have been coming on the podcast too. You're going to see some of the shows that are coming out over the next month or two. Huge guests, especially on the real estate side, the comedy side, business side, music and stuff. There, there's been some really great guests and some really fun conversations. And I'm really excited about some of the stuff that we're working on. Um, this deal that I had talked about uh, a couple of months prior, that was a sub two has turned into something that's pretty cool. So I'm going to do some more of those breakdowns. I'm just trying to fit the time and make sure I can get it out there. So I appreciate everybody listening. As always, this is brought to you in part by Nationwide Business Capital Group. Go to nickandnick.com slash links, click on affiliates. You will email Marianne. You will tell her the A-Game podcast sent you and she's going to ro- ra- lay out the red carpet for you and uh, tell you, what, what she can prove you for. So whether you're new, you're experienced, you have money issues, credit issues, experience is lacking, whatever it is, don't worry about that. She's on your side. She'll figure out what types of deals we can get you in and then you can work with me and we will start to find you deals. So um, more phone calls are going to be made over the next week to people who have reached out that want deals and we're going to start to narrow that down and get you going. So please be patient because I have gotten a ton of people that are interested in purchasing properties which is a great thing. So I appreciate people listening and reaching out, whether you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me or partner up on some level. Let's get that phone call conversation going. And the, um, you know, let's get the conversation going. Let's make this a great year for you. So that is uh, one of the sponsors, Nationwide Business Capital Group. So go check them out for sure. Email Marianne. Also Naked Warrior Recovery CBD is under the affiliates as well. Check them out. William Brandon putting promo code A-GAME to get 20% off your CBD products. And last but certainly not least, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for your free checklist on how to bring more buyers value as a, as a wholesaler or as a real estate agent or broker, bringing more value to your buyers is a huge thing. And this is a free checklist you can go on and grab, whether it's for flipping properties or for cash flow properties to help bring more values, which makes you more valuable to your buyers and makes them want to come to you for more, which should put more money in your pocket. Uh, happy birthday to Abe, uh, Sarah Longo, standout and stud, recent black belt. I uh, just wanted to give him a shout. That guy is a living legend stud. All kinds of cool things. Shout out to Hulk Smash. 
uh, for always being supportive of the podcast and all the people that have reached out over the last uh, couple of weeks. And I'm looking forward to getting back to New York and doing some jujitsu. So this episode is going to be on emotional intelligence. So I've been doing this LinkedIn challenge, which is pretty cool. Shout out to Yona Weiss, who's been putting it together. And you have to post things every day. So it makes you aware of topics when you have to start thinking of something. And the idea is to get some engagement and conversations going. So you have to structure things a little bit different than I normally do on the on the social media posts. And it reminded me of some of the things that almost like you're so, again, for my jiu-jitsu guys in there, you know, when you first started, you probably have forgotten that when you started, even just doing shrimping down the mat and taking shots for the warm-up, the next day you would go home and you would have mat burn on the top of your foot, mat burn on your knees, like your body hurt in these weird spots and you had all this stuff. And then it just kind of went away one day. You were like, oh man, this sucks. And you know, the calluses on your hands and you start lifting weights, things like that, that you just forget that you wind up picking up these habits, but you don't remember that there was a learning curve and it was painful when those things first started. And to me, emotional intelligence is one of the most important things that I don't think is discussed enough. It comes up, people pay attention to it. There's books on it and things like that. But the change I've seen it have in me and my life and then what I'm able to see in others now is really huge. And, um, you know, when you look back on some of the things you did, once you're aware of having better emotional intelligence and you realize how impulsive or immature or emotionally unintelligent you were in past things, it almost makes you like a 12-step program when I go back and call people, you know, I can remember handling a lot of situations bad and just um, being a hothead or being kind of a dick it's just not cool. You know, there's really, there's no need for it. And when you see people that you work with that are your mentors that give you good news or bad news or criticism from a good place, they give it to you with emotional intelligence and you watch the results that they get in these situations and you watch the way the people react to them and the way the people, they still get the result they want. They still get their point across and the people still respect them and nobody's feelings are hurt and nobody acts like a jackass. And I think that there, there's no no insulting or throwing your weight around. There's ways to do good business and emotional intelligence, I think, is a huge play. Parents, you know, I especially, hey, for, for my dog, Ralph, I want to teach him emotional intelligence. But so, you know, the backtrack, I was thrown into some positions of authority um, that I was qualified for on paper as far as knowing about real estate and knowing about management and knowing about compliance and knowing about systems and how to train people and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think I was prepared for the emotional intelligence side of being a boss and having to manage other people's personalities. And you don't realize when you start going in, I've had some conversations with some people, you know, like shout out to Barry, um, got, got a promotion recently, but you're working with coworkers and you're joking around and you're having beers and you're, you're, you're being silly. Cause I, I, you know, I, I love to be goofy and mess around and tell jokes. I don't take my tell myself too seriously, but I've had to change that a lot in public or at work scenarios because of things exactly like this. So, you know, cause the next day now, all of a sudden you're in charge and you think you can still be that goofy guy and you can still say and do certain things, but the roles and the dynamics have changed. And if you don't change, um, you're going to have a hard time and people are not going to respect you in that new position. Um, I don't know if I'm hundred percent correct in this, but from what I understand, my friends that are in the police departments, and the fire departments, when they get a promotion, they have to change houses or headquarters because probably for a similar reason, you know, you were a partner with this guy or, or you know, getting pizzas every day with this guy, making jokes and 
whatever. And now all of a sudden you're supposed to be the boss. They're not going to respect you the same way. There might be, they might be happy for you, but they're not going to see you much different. It's going to be more of as an equal. And maybe they were a little jealous of it. Maybe they thought that they deserved it or whatever it was, which, you know, I always felt like I needed to work for stuff. I never felt like I was, I was handed things. And if I, I was always very insecure and sensitive to that. So I always tried to work extra hard and do other things above and beyond to make sure that if there was any kind of doubt of whether or not I deserved that job, I could make sure that I went above and beyond and earned that position and was doing such a good job. So nobody could question that I had the right to be there or deserve to be there, or we got the results that were needed for being placed in that position. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm going with that. And, you know, you look back and you see, it gets stressful. Now you're trying to balance people. All of a sudden people are coming to you with all these different problems, all these different things, all these different emotions, these insecurities, gossip, nonsense, stuff that really didn't matter before. Maybe you just didn't hear it before because it really wasn't your problem, but now it is. And you're expected to do something about it. And you're expected to hear it. And people are coming to you with angle conversations and you hear things from all these different people and you want to react in a certain way. And sometimes the stress builds up. And I can remember explaining things to people. I'm thinking I was being so crystal clear, like, hey, here's what you need to do. I saw you do it this way. You didn't do it this way. So let's have this conversation again. Here's what you need to do. And then when they didn't, and in the middle of the day, they come by and I see them and I'm already having like some other thing blow up because now you have all these new responsibilities. I grab the, not, not physically grab the guy, but like, hey, come over here. And then you yell, you know, and then somebody else finds out like, hey, you know, he kind of pulled this guy aside and he was yelling at him and, you know, kind of looked like a dick, you know, it's not really cool. And now people are afraid to come to you and talk to you about stuff because they don't know how you're going to act and you don't even know it. So I had people around me, thankfully, one person specifically that was getting that feedback and pointing it out and kind of really having me hear it. My first initial instinct was upset. You know, you get defensive, you go through all the things. Oh, he's overreacting. It didn't happen like that. Well, maybe it did. Well, screw him. Well, he deserved it. Well, now I'm mad at you. Okay, now I'm upset. Now I'm sad. Now I accept it. So you go through like all the stages of it, and then you realize there's lessons to become from it. And then when you start to have conversations with people that are better, and you start to really bite your tongue and not be reactive, and even stupid little tricks I've learned from people, like when you want to interrupt or you want to say something, you take a drink and you take a sip and you count to 10. And usually the person is going to keep talking at that point and it's going to pass. And, you know, you just let them go and you learn to be a better listener and you learn to really make people feel heard. And that quality and that skill of being able to be present and listen and try and like really be engaged in a conversation and hear what is this person really coming to me with? What do they really need and how can I help them? And are they full of shit or are they like, is this an angle conversation or is this something that really, and you know, maybe it's a mix of both. Maybe there's some merit to it and there's some nonsense to it. And before I react or I take anybody's word at this and go, oh my God, this happened. I'm going to go like off with their heads on this. Okay. Well, this person might've been wrong. That's one person's version of the story. There's always two versions. I'm going to wait. I'm going to say, okay, thank you for, for bringing that to me. Thank you. You know what? I, I hear you. I'm going to look into it. We're going to get this figured out. Give me a day, give me two days, give me three days, whatever it is, create a really realistic expectation. Let them know that they are, they've been heard and that things are happening and that there's, there's a process, but you're going to give everybody a fair shake, just like they would want. And then you're going to go talk to other people. You're going to gather information Then you're going to come back and you're going to weigh out the solutions that are best for everybody and, and not be reactive. And if somebody is bringing you false information, then you just go back and you have that conversation. You know, so another good example of this is, you know, there was, Another guy that I unfortunately had to fire, 
I really liked the guy and, and he was fun and we would hang out, you know, and we'd have beers and we'd tell jokes. And then all of a sudden, you know, again, now I'm in charge of stuff and he would do things and I would go out and, you know, I'd watch and I'd say, Hey man, you know, I saw you do X, Y, and Z. So do you understand like these are problems and this is why they're problems and you probably don't realize it, but you know, that's another thing. It's just explaining to people some of the stuff that they probably don't see that happens, some of the reactions, some of the, the consequences, some of the repercussions. And I'll say, you know, these are the things that branch out when you do stuff like this or don't do things like this that can result in refunds or, or, you know, you getting PayPal from you or, or complaints or attorney general, or whatever it is, different things that pop up that trickle down that you, you don't really see or know or have to deal with. And these things can be easily avoided. That's why we put these things in place specifically. So do me a favor, really pull back on that. Please don't do that. Like I can't keep hearing those complaints. Then you hear it again. So instead of me, Oh, I told you no, it's like, Hey man, you know, I, what happened? You know? And sometimes, Hey, I don't know what they're talking about. Or I had an emergency. I told them it was an emergency. They said I could go outside and make a phone call. And the person didn't really say that. So it's gathering all the information. It's hearing, it's being patient. It's biting your tongue. It's listening. It's being calculated. It's, it's being open to hearing everybody's perspective and, and hearing everybody's side of the story and then going back. And then, you know, it turns out that this specific guy was wrong, like again, and then again, and then again, and then it became like, Hey man, like, this is like four or five times now. If this happens again, because now we're clear, it's going to be a totally different conversation, man. And I don't want to have that. I'm I'm almost mad at you for making me have this conversation instead of me being like, well, they're going to think they're not going to like me anymore. They're going to be mad at me or whatever if I have to you know, drop the hammer on them or fire them or be whatever. It's like, no, you don't have to, like you're giving them every shot and you're having those conversations with those people calmly and collectively and patiently and as a person instead of being rash and, and just dropping the hammer and telling them that they're fired, you're giving them every opportunity. So, you know, letting them know. And that's what I said to the guy. I was like, Hey man, look, this is the last time you understand. Like there is no time number six on this. And he's like, I totally get it. I was like, so you understand, like, I don't want to, but if you do this again, you are forcing me that we're going to have to fire you. And like, I don't want that to happen. So please don't make me do that. Oh man, I totally get it. And okay. So, we're clear, right? There is no other conversation. This is the conversation. One more conversation is your, yep, I got it, man. Awesome. Happened again. And I called him and I was like, man, look, you know, it happened again. He's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, man, I, I have to let you go. He's like, oh, I totally get it, man. No, just, I had like three chances too many. And I was so relieved because I, I, I dreaded that call. I don't want to fire people. I don't want to, you know, but he knew and he knew he deserved it and he knew he was doing it. And honestly, he was in over his head because he had other things going on. That's fine. And that's sometimes it's that. It's like, you know what? You know, you're not performing on the level you need to or giving this the attention you need to because something else is going on. So what is it? And maybe I'm doing you a favor by saying like, you know what? Take three months off. Take six months off. Get the stuff together. So when you're ready, you can come back and we can handle this on a better route or a better, better some better way. Uh, you know, and maybe you didn't even realize that, you know what? Hey, I got stuff going on at home. I got a sick kid. I got... X, Y, and Z, you're right. You know, you're doing me a favor. I could use the downtime. I have too much going on. And that happens a lot, even with like contractors when I have those conversations. It's not lighting them up. You didn't do this window. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. It's having a conversation of, hey, you know what? Like this is behind schedule. This is behind quality. What's going on? And usually it's not about you. It's, hey, there's this other job, this guy screwed me out of the money. He couldn't pay me. So I fell behind and I bought, borrowed from X, Y, and Z. Or, or you gave me four properties I really should have taken four. I can only have three. And it's like, okay, so, so now we know. 
And now we have this conversation. So this is not going to work the way it's happening, but let's figure out how maybe down the line, get yourself together. And, and when you have those conversations and it's almost like a, like a, honestly a mutual breakup, but you're taking the high road, you're having those conversations, you're treating people with respect and you're talking to them with respect. A year later, when they get their life back together or they have a buddy that's a good contractor that they come across, they refer them to you or they call you. But when you handle it like a dick or a jerk or you're yelling at people or treating people wrong or jumping the gun on somebody because you didn't bother to ask, you took somebody else's word for something that they said. And, you know, stuff like that is emotionally unintelligent. And having that maturity and that social awareness to sit and talk to people and have that emotional intelligence of, of not being overly reactive, not being emotionally charged in your responses and being ca calculated and being patient will take you so far in life and so far in business. You know, and look at it, especially think of the times when somebody is going berserk. So you had situations, whether you're in school, business, you know, basketball, who knows, whatever. But, you know, somebody's mad, they're flailing, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're pointing, they're cursing, they're insulting. You know, generally it escalates. The other person now starts yelling and screaming. But what does it look like when somebody's going nuts and you just sit there and you you watch maybe two people fight and one guy's screaming and the other guy's just sitting there eating a sandwich or drinking a beer or just staring at him, not saying anything. And he lets him go through the whole thing and then he just goes, you know, sorry you feel that way and just walks away. It makes the other person enraged, but they, they wanted a response. They wanted to trigger that. And when they don't get it, it really makes a difference. And people are like, hey, you know, that person has great self-control. That person is not going to fly off the handle. Like nobody wants to do business or be in a relationship with somebody that's a loose cannon or, you know, just, just a wild man or woman that's not getting stuff done that you never know how they're going to react. Are they going to scream? Are they going to, are they going to cry? Are they going to hit you? Are they going to run away? Are they going to... The instability and the emotional unintelligence makes people want to distance themselves from you. And the more you start to deal with real emotions and, and a lot of money and things like that, it, it becomes all that much more important to pass that down to your kids and to your family and to be able to have that in your personal situations. When you are put into those conversations, people are going to listen to you more. People are going to trust you more. They're going to know that you're coming from a good place. And I've watched one of my business partners do it over and over again, when people are just not doing their job and I'm like, oh crap, here it comes. You know, she's going to go crazy. She's going to shark them. And she calmly sits down and gives them the, hey, like, you know what this is. And, and she gets them to go like, kind of come along and like, yeah, you know what? You're right. This is what, it, so what do we do about it? Oh, well, you know, we should do it. Okay. So we're not going to, you know, and she gets them. And then at the end they give a hug, you know, you're doing a great job. This is just a thing. Let's get past this. Let's move on. Let's have a great day. Let's get back on the horse. Let's get back on the phones. And it really goes a long way again in life and business. So um, biting your tongue, listening, being there, being emotionally mature is going to make people feel more comfortable coming to you with stuff that matters. And you want that to happen in life and you want that to happen in business. And, you know, again, when you, when you look at those situations, when, when people go nuts, like I was just watching the, um, the back and forth between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor is just trying to poke him. And at this point, it's been like weeks of like, oh, your wife's in my DMs and X, Y, and Z, and we're going to fight and how dare you. And I'm going to kill you. And um, and then Dustin Poirier at the end of it, I think Connor said something like, well, I think Dustin said something like you have three losses. And he's like, I got three commas on my income, buddy. And he's like, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Like, conversation stops there. You know, that that's emotional intelligence. He was trying to goad him into a fight. He was trying to get attention. He was trying to get an emotional reaction. And when you don't give somebody that there's no payoff, it makes them even nuts. It's, it's, 
way more the way to go. And I'll tell you, like, again, I was just in a situation where I have a guy who's kind of being very emotionally unintelligent with me and it makes me want to distance myself from the person. I do also want to look at it again and say, what's my role in this? Where's my responsibility in this? And I could have better communication for sure. Definitely. But do you think it makes me want to pick up the phone when you're insulting me on text messages and emails? That's, that's not going to get you where you want. And I'm not going to give you the reaction that you're looking for. I'm more than happy to, to admit like, Hey, you know what? I, I should have, should have called you back sooner. Things got busy. I, I texted you. I had my partner reach out to you. I had my, it's not good enough for you. So if you're just going to keep doing that, that's fine. But what do you expect? Do you want me to fight with you? Do you want me to yell at you? Do you want me to beg for your, for like, what, what are we doing here? So just having that and reaching out and like, Hey, you're obviously upset. Sorry, you're upset. I apologize. If you'd like me to call you now, I will. And if you don't, that's okay too, but I'm here. So I'll keep doing my best. I maybe didn't do my best yesterday, but I'll try to do my best today. And if that's not good enough, then I'm sorry. I guess I am not the right fit for you and, and that's okay, but I'm not going to get dragged into the emotionally charged responses of it because it triggers emotions in me. And you'll see too, when you handle stuff like that, doesn't drain you when you get into those emotional battles and you make people get you wound up the energy dump the adrenaline dump it takes away from good business it takes away from good conversations it takes away from your energy it makes me want to go home and take a nap and then don't have a productive day so you might look at the title of this episode and say ah, emotional intelligence it's not important i'm telling you once you understand it and once you see what emotional intelligence is not and how it is and people that don't have it you're going to start to see people that react that way and you're not going to be able to unsee it. It's going to be extremely eye-opening and it's going to make you see how it looks to other people. And it's going to make you try it that much harder to make sure that you don't act like that. You don't look like that because it's not a good look on anybody. So hopefully this was something helpful. Short, sweet episode on Thursday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my hair. And um, again, phone calls are going to start coming out for people that are looking for properties. You know, single family home stuff I come across all the time. Uh, most of the stuff I'm getting for people right now is um, small multifamily, small and medium mobile home parks, but you don't get them every day. So if people are listening to this and like, I haven't heard anything, I'm not going to send out crap deals every day. I'm going to look through them. I'm going to try and find good deals and they do go quick. So sometimes people grab them before they go out and list, but um, we're going to start to build it out more. So if you let me know what you're looking for, let's have those conversations. And then between me and my assistant, Peggy, we will get those conversations going. We'll figure out what you have. But thank you for listening to this podcast. Great episodes coming up. Great guests coming up. Have a great Thursday. I appreciate everybody. Everybody in New York, I'll see you soon. Happy birthday again to Abe. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.